This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. latest edition of 100 the ed gordon podcast today part two of our special look back at our first season from politics to pop culture every week i talk with some of today's most intriguing people we had a great lineup of guests and we'll share some of those moments with you politics COVID, and black lives matter captured many of the headlines and last week we looked at hard news and the guests we talked with over season one today We look at the celebrities we sat down with, from television to movies to music. We talked with those who helped shape pop culture. Musical guests were big for us the first season. First, I spoke with a man who was part of a duo who produced some of the songs that have found their way into musical history. Me and Mrs. Jones, Love Train and Wake Up Everybody are just three of the many huge hits produced by Kenny Gamble and his partner, Leon Huff. Gamble and Huff's record label, Philadelphia International, became one of the most prolific R&B labels ever and produced a star-studded lineup of musicians that included the OJs, Teddy Pendergrass, Patti LaBelle, and Billy Paul. 
Later, they gave huge second chapters to established stars, including Lou Rawls and Phyllis Hyman. For more than a decade, starting in the early 70s, Gamble and Huff and Philadelphia International, much like Motown before them, became a hit-making machine, and the music has endured. Kenny Gamble reflected on their career. We're really lucky to have our uh, music being played on radio. And many young people tell us, oh, man, my mother and my father used to play that <laughs> song around the house. Me and Mrs. Jones, oh, I know that song. My, my father used to play that song, you know. And so we've been able to go through generations. And uh, I think that that's a, that's a blessing within itself. Here's what's, here's what's amazing to me uh, when you look at the numbers. If you look at 71 when you guys started, and, and you know I've said this before to you and I've said it to others, I, I, born and raised in Detroit, and so obviously my attachment to Motown, but with my age, I came of age in the 70s. So if Motown owned the 60s, the music that I'm more closely associated with and is my heartbeat music, is that of Philadelphia International. You know, right. I mean, at, at, in 71, I was 11. So my formative years, man, you, you know, when I was, when, listen, when I was chasing little girlies and all that, I used that everything something. y'all were putting down. You know, you never think of it, but it was a machine that we that we uh, were working to build. And, and uh, Motown, uh, your favorite, was also our favorite because they were... And still is, in, in my in my view, uh, Barry Gordy and Holland Dozier and Holland and Smokey Robinson and and quite a few others. Mm-hmm. But just Motown. Period. The the concept of Motown was was the blueprint for what we did at Philly International. And Huff and I, we didn't start in 1971. Huff and I, yes. that's when we started Philly International. Right. But Huff and I, we've been working together. Since like 1964, 63, somewhere around there. And had already had hits. I mean, 67, if you're an old schooler, you remember Expressway to your heart, Soul Survivor. And and you also will remember uh, Cowboys to Girls. The Intruders. The Intruders and all of that stuff, you know. So so it's been been interesting and, and it's been great. Longevity was important to another super producing team. Gamble and Huff became mentors to James Harris and Terry Lewis, better known as Jam and Lewis. The two were original members of the Prince Influence group the time, before they became one of the most prolific and influential producing teams in music history. They gave hits to Janet Jackson, New Edition, Usher, Johnny Gill, Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey, and many others. The team has been turning out chart toppers since the early 80s. Jimmy told me they always envisioned a long career. You all have really created the soundtrack of, you know, a couple of generations, uh, you know, of their lives. What is it for you guys to look back and look at not only the longevity, but the sheer brilliance now that lives? I mean, you all will be named with the great songwriting and producing teams of all time. This is, you know, not me just patting you on the back. That's just fact. What's it like for you guys to, to, to be able to look back on that now? Well, it's wonderful. I think longevity was, you can't really plan longevity, but I think it was part of our, our thought process. And I, I, I remember back 
when Control came out with Janet. So that was 35 years ago. And I remember the first interview we did, which was kind of a local boys make good interview with a local newspaper up in Minneapolis. Um, the reporter said, first question was, how does it feel to be the hottest producers? And we said, we don't really want to be the hottest producers. We just want to be warm for a long time. <laughs> and so when we said that, he kind of thought about it for a minute. And then we moved on with the rest of the interview. <clears throat> so it was interesting five years ago we did the Unbreakable album with Janet. And uh, the record, you know, album was number one. The single was 12 weeks at number one or whatever. Uh, and he said, how does it feel to have records, number one records in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s now? You know, four decades of number one records. We said, well, remember what we told you when you first interviewed us? And he said, what's that? We said, warm for a long time. Mm -hmm. And he said... <laughs> Yeah, you did say that. I'm like, yeah, because that was always our, our intent. His partner, Terry Lewis, had this to say. The most important part of it is the journey itself, too, and the people that you meet along the way. And that's been especially just a blessing, you know, um, to know these artists, producers like Gamble and Huff, who are mentors, Clarence Avant, and <laughs> many, many people that, that have touched our lives in so many different ways, man. And we are truly, truly blessed. And I always say, man, this is a great journey, and I hope I never arrive at the end. Yeah. One of the artists that Jam and Lewis gave their magic to was Yolanda Adams. The duo produced Open My Heart. That song became her biggest selling record and helped her album go platinum and became a signature song for the gospel great. Its popularity introduced Adams to a wider audience and had critics talking about crossover success. I think there's a misconception that um, gospel music artists are want to be mainstream artists. So, you know, there are a few like myself, Kirk, um, like you said, Rance, Mary Mary, uh, so many of us, the Winans definitely, Andre Crouch in his day, the Ed Hawkins singers in their day, what we want to do is we want to impact the world uh, with our music and with our life and hope that people enjoy the music if it goes uh, to the mainstream, perfect. But, you know, there are so many people who like to put you in a box, you know, and so they, they put gospel music in a nice little box until something tragic happens and they want us to sing at a prayer breakfast or something like that. Another queen of gospel, C.C. Winans, joined me. I shared I thought the genre might have been bigger by now and wondered what she thought about the growth of gospel music. I think it's grown in a lot of ways, and I think it's been stuck in a lot of ways. I think we're still, and I was just it's amazing that you asked me this because I was in a great meeting the other day, and... It's in need of structure. It's in need of more um, organization. You know, I think we said it earlier when we started the interview, how gospel music got started, you know, and and it wasn't really commercialized or for the rest of the world. It was just what you did on Sunday mornings. And then it just kind of evolved into being recorded and getting out there. And I think he kind of passed the structure for it being intentional to build something. You know, I think you can look at country music right. and you can see that country music had to have a whole overhaul 
And after that, it blew up. So I think we're still waiting on that in the gospel industry. And I'm excited because I think that's about to happen. You know, people are, they're seeing it for what it is, understanding what it needs, understanding that people love it all around the world, but still not having the the stature or the the recognition that it should have. Of course, Cece comes from a great musical family, and so does Kavon Edmonds. He, too, comes from a great musical pedigree. He and his older brother, Melvin, were founding members of the great R&B group After Seven. I asked him about any rivalries he might have had with another family member, his baby brother, Kenny, better known as Babyface. When Kenny starts to make waves and, and you know, begin his trek, um, is that something, because he, he is younger than the both of you, right. um, was that something, you know, there's always sibling rivalry. There's always that kind of push of, you know, baby brother, older brother. And and when the baby starts to move up a little bit, was that something that hit you all? Or were you just happy to see him make the waves he, he started to make? I'm talking about in the beginning, not. No, in the, in, the in the beginning, in the beginning. Um, I don't know that we all knew how special Kenny was when mm-hmm. he was growing up. What I do know that me, I do know that music was his voice. That was, that was the one thing that uh, allowed him to uh, communicate, if you will. Uh, that was, you know, that was how uh, he, he got in tune with, to who he was going to be. We just didn't know who he was going to be, uh, but he never let go of music. Once he got a hand, got a grip on it, he, ne- he never let go. And it was, I'm doing music, do or die. There's nothing else out here for me. So, uh, from groups, because back in the day, from this group to that group, to this yeah. group, you know, and he's evolving, but all the time growing and learning from those experiences uh, until he finally, I think, met up with L.A. at some point in time and um, really started to kick in uh, from that perspective of being a songwriter. You know, he had written some songs before, but I think it started to really take traction. But uh, I think we all were just extremely proud of Kenny. Uh, he was such a shy kid growing up. You can't hate on him. How do you hate mm-hmm. on a dude who's so quiet? Tim is not getting in your, he's not giving you any guff or anything like that. Kenny just had a, a, a real strong love for music and nothing else really, really registered to him unless he could find a guitar, find some way to express himself through music. I talked with another R&B great in season one. Anthony Hamilton is one who is carrying on the tradition and sound of soul. He checked in with me from his backyard. I think about people like Aretha or, or Bill Withers. It didn't matter what they did. It spoke from us. You know, even when Aretha did pop music, it still spoke from us. You have been that um, to us and for us. Is that conscious? Is is that um, who you are? What is that? You know, I think it's the ability to be honest in my music and allow myself to, to shine through. I think that Southern Baptist um, and that country, that country upbringing, I think sonically I'm comfortable there. And spiritually, I'm. it feels like church. It's not too far from church. And uh, anytime I deviate from that, you know, I could do a country song. I've done country music. I, I could do pop. 
but it always comes back to to what feels like feels like home. And that's what you talk about. Those songs like the Bill Withers, that matter of fact, you know, I like being black. I like being all about black music and, black, you know, about us. Just where where I'm supposed to be. I feel like it's exactly who Anthony Hamilton is. And uh, I wouldn't change it for nothing in the world. My homie Kim joined me as well. And we talked about how he writes songs and how the events and the world around him shape his music. I have snippets of songs and clips of ideas that live in my phone, you know, that go all the way back to like 2012. So I'll go through my phone and pull out the things that are resonating with me. And then I'll start writing to those songs. And, uh, and unlike my other albums, this, this album is, is, you know, all of the love songs on it are, are dedicated to and inspired by, you know, my wife. You know, um, so it, 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 it means something in, in that way. And, and, and it's, you know, this is music, music for the times, you know, and I'm writing, mm-hmm. I'm writing these songs during uh, the current climate of divisiveness in our politics and in our country, you know, um, and then at the end of making the record, you know, the pandemic hit. So there's all this stuff going on. And this is the first time that I have, that I have, um, you know, taken uh, a social position in 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 my music you know it's the first time that i've actually direct directly you know you know acknowledge some things that are actually going on in, in in the world in my music one more musical note if you will before we move on we also spoke with the man who created the theme of our podcast i turned to jazz great saxophonist gerald albright to capture our musical feeling because I know you so well, and we have such a long time friendship, I coupled your persona with the music, and it was very easy to do because I know your personality. And I'm envisioning you coming on the screen with the music behind you, and you're talking about different topics and things like that. So I wanted it to be a wonderful marriage between what you would do both visually and vocally and have the music behind you. Uh, And it was, it wasn't hard to do. I didn't have to overthink it. It just kind of came out. And that's the beauty of creativity sometimes. You can sit down in your studio and it, it just flows. And uh, sometimes you get writer's block. Uh, I have very few times like that, but sometimes it just flows. And that was the case with Eddie's Groove. It was just um, uh, something that felt good initially. And we just started to layer on top of that. So I'm really excited about the new song. Another big thanks to Gerald for a great theme. When we come back, we'll go to the big and small screen for those who make their mark there. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve 
with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We heard from some great musicians season one. Now we turn to those who make their marks on the screen. Tamla Mann could have been placed with Yolanda Adams and Cece Winans. She's made a mark in the gospel world. Her song, Take Me to the King, has become a modern-day classic. But it's her Tyler Perry-created character, Cora Brown, from the Medea franchise that has gained her the most notoriety. The characters, she and her real-life husband, David Mann, who plays Mr. Brown, are so beloved that some fans actually see their characters as real people. How many people actually think that you are Cora? A lot of Like <laughs> yesterday, uh, I had my grandkids in the car with me, and we went to pick up something to eat. And we seen this young, two young girls that had a table. And they had a sign, and I just kind of let the window down. I said, what y'all doing? And it was like, we're doing donations for bullying and just helping young people, you know, in need. And, you know, we're just taking donations. But they started screaming. I mean, like, screaming like somebody was after them. And I was like, y'all can't do that. <laughs> and, you know, my kid, my grandkids in the car was like, they scared me. But it's, it's amazing because the baby came to the car and she was like, Cora, where's Brown at? And then I said, his name is not Brown, his name is David. But she said, where's David Brown at? I said, that's not our last name. You know, she was like, okay, I know, I know. But people do it, they do it all the time. So we just answer. While actor Lorenz Tate may not be mistaken for his characters, he has given us a wealth of them. We talked about the wide range of roles he's had over the course of his career. 
Here's what's amazing about what you do, and you're very adept at this. You have not been so typecast that you can't play a good guy, a sweet guy, the loving <coughs> guy, and the bad guy. You've been able to puzzle piece both of them together. What does that say to you for what you've been able to do? Because most people can't do that, or, not, or they're not allowed to do that, I should say. Yeah, sometimes we, we aren't allowed to it. Um, and for me, um, I've been able to work with you know, creatives who see that uh, my capabilities, that I'm able to, to stretch and I'm able to do the things uh, as an artist that um, would allow me to not have a specialty, really. I feel like I could do a little bit of it all. I could play the good guy. I could play you know, a guy, the, the, the bad guy, a sinister guy, a romantic guy. I could have a little, um, the guy who is, you know, has a little quirkiness about him or, you know, I feel like I'm able to do a bit of it all. And I kind of see myself as a chameleon in that way, um, that I'm able to look, do a little bit of, of everything. And, you know, fortunately, I haven't been typecast or held to a certain kind of role um, because I'm always talking to people and letting them know what I like to do and having a choice. Uh, Oftentimes we as artists don't have a, a choice. Hollywood hasn't always given black actors much diversity in their roles and too often Black actors don't have control over the arc of their characters. Dondre Whitfield shared with me how he walked away from a role he loved because the creators wanted to change his character's character. I had had a conversation one season with one of the uh, showrunners, and she happened to be a white woman. And she said, you know, this character that I was playing, who was this salt of the earth guy who, you know, was the cornerstone of, you know, the community. She said, we got to dirty him up a little bit. I said, okay, Uh, may I ask why? And she said, he's a little too good. It's a little too nice. Now, I'm not going to put this off on this white woman because really the burden of the show and its creative trajectory was guided by black people. And I said to her, because I didn't have the benefit of a conversation with the black folks. I said, think about what we're saying if we do this. I said, this character right now, if he were white, he'd be named McDreamy. I said, but the McDreamy that's on television, they don't talk about dirtying him up. You know why? Because they don't debate whether he's too nice or too good because they believe that white males can be that nice and can be that good. I can't tell you how many times during the playing of that role, 
where I would see on social media, our own people, our own sisters going, I don't trust this brother. Because no brother is that good. Something has got to be wrong with him. And I'll never forget, they started doing all of these things that went against everything that we had been establishing about him, his integrity, his dedication to community. All of those things were being compromised. We already had enough males on the show. We didn't need one more. But somehow they thought it necessary to use this man as sort of a poster child for what you're always going to experience with black men. That if you just stand by, if you're just patient, if you just wait, eventually they're all the same. Emmy winner Loretta Devine talked about how a tragedy moved her to pursue her dream of acting. Someone that I loved dearly was killed. And, 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 and then I got this thing in my head saying, if you'll never be an actress if you don't stop this and go be that, because that's what you're supposed to be. So because of that, I went and auditioned for uh, Brandeis University. And I ended up auditioning in the airport because of the two planes were late. <laughs> and I got into that university because this old white man, Charlie Moore, I embarrassed him by doing Sister Sanji, why you going to leave me, man, in the <laughs> middle of the airport? <laughs> and he was so overcome by the whole experience. I got into Brandeis University. And from there, uh, right before I graduated from Brandeis University, they, I went to New York and I auditioned for, for Colored Girls and I got the part, but they wouldn't let me out of Brandeis because I was, I, I was still in a show there and they wouldn't let me out of that show. They said I had to finish. And so I didn't get to do Colored Girls then. But then later in life, I get to do Colored Girls in the movie for Tyler Perry, which shows you the circle of everything. Mm -hmm. When actress Megan Good joined me, I wondered about growing up in the business. Megan, let me ask you, one of the interesting things I find is um, for those of you who literally grew up in the public's eye. I mean, I, you were a young teenager when I first met you, but you've been acting since, what, four? Yeah, uh, I would say more of a hobby at four, like doing a lot of extra work, Doogie Howser, Amen, that kind of thing. Um, and then I think I started taking it really, really seriously, like as a career um, when I was about 11. So here's what's weird. I know um, interviewers ask you this, well, what was it like? But you don't know anything else. I mean, right. that's new. Has it been difficult, though, at times? I mean, you know, just growing up is hard enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it has been at times. But I think, I mean, I definitely wouldn't have done it any other way. I think that it's... Um, made me stronger. It's made me, um, more aware. It has made me, it made me mature at a young age, but not, I didn't lose my childhood. I didn't lose the fun. I didn't not do the things that I wanted to do or that I saw some of the other kids doing. And, and when there were those things that I couldn't do, like for instance, prom, you know, because I was on homeschool. 
So um, I went to like friends proms, but really for me, it was like, oh, I'm going to the Kids' Choice Awards, the BET Awards. This is a big deal. I get to wear gowns. So I had other things that for me were experiences that I wouldn't have done differently. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely many, many, many challenges. Veteran actor and director Bill Duke dropped a gym when I talked with him. He said his most valuable lesson was learning that in the end, show business is really about that old cliche. It's the business, not the show. There are a lot of people coming into the industry now with passion, but no understanding that it's a business. So they're crushed pretty quickly. They have one success uh, because they did it with passion, but they never thought about the fact of how they're going to pay their investors back. And a number of years ago, as I say over and over, um, I was very frustrated because I had going into, uh, with my, as a director, going into I mean, studios and networks, pitching my projects. And it's a great idea, Bill. We'll get back to it. He never got back to me. And so one day I went to my agent and said, this is so frustrating. I can't, what is, what, what, what is, what is the problem? They said, you're going to get back to me. You never do. And he said, Bill, did you answer the essential question in the first five to seven minutes of your pitch? I said, the answer to what question? He said, in the first five minutes of the pitch, Bill, because a lot of these creative executives are accountants, mm -hmm. they want to know how in the hell you going to make me my money back. Mm -hmm. You're talking about your grandfather was a slave and all the pain he's gone through. And they're looking and waiting and waiting and looking and looking and waiting. Hmm. Is he ever going to tell me how in the hell I'm going to make me my, make me my money back? And I was like, that's so cold blood. And my agent said, Bill, if someone asks you for $5 million, would you want to know the answer to the same question? And that changed my whole way of thinking about it. Too few entertainers learn that in the beginning of their careers. But don't count comedian George Wallace in that group. He told me he understood that lesson early on. I could turn business on you. Just like that, I could go into business. You know, I, did, I went to Las Vegas and I did a deal in Las Vegas where I broke history. Uh, I have worked Las Vegas longer and I've done more shows than any African-American that ever worked there. That includes Red Fox, Sammy Davis Jr. and Lena Horne. Owning a show in Las Vegas for an African-American man to own his show. Eh, I think Red Fox did some full walling there one time, but uh, for 10 years I went to the Flamingo for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And after 90 days, the president of the hotel says, you ain't going nowhere. And, but I said, okay, I took over the whole thing. And, uh, and that's why I was in Las Vegas so long. So I turned it into business. So everything is not funny when it's time to make a business work, especially with black man. J telling jokes ain't no joke. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when people see me on stage telling jokes, they don't see me in the morning, sometimes five o'clock in the morning at the airport, checking out my advertising, sometimes on Las Vegas Boulevard, looking at the trucks going up and down the street. I try to be creative in Las Vegas, doing business like uh, when I got to Las Vegas, I said, it's got to be something different I can do because I own this show. I'm responsible for the tickets. I'm responsible for the marketing. I'm responsible for the uh, directing, everything, lighting, sound, so many things I got to do. What a great group of celebrities we talked to during season one. And we'll have a lot more coming up 
as we roll into season two. But before we end the show, I had to let George Wallace give us his famous tagline to wrap us up. I'm George Wallace. I love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Now, people have taken my saying, so I had to rewrite it. I'm George Wallace. I love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it because my love for you does not require your permission. (laughs) That's right. No permission needed. What a great first season. Thanks to all of our guests. From Ben Crump sharing the latest fight against racial injustice to the foolishly funny mess we just heard from George Wallace. We're proud to say we brought you some great conversations and we're looking forward to doing it all over again. Don't forget, we drop a new episode every Friday and we want you to subscribe so you won't miss any of our great conversations. 100 is produced by Ed Gordon Media and distributed by iHeartMedia. Carol Johnson Green and Cherie Weldon are our bookers. Our editor is Lance Patton. Gerald Albright composed and performed our theme. Please join me on Twitter and Instagram at Ed L. Gordon and on Facebook at Ed Gordon Media. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.